SEO is very confusing for a lot of businesses when they're going out to agencies and things, but all you really need to know is it boils down to three components, having a good foundation, just like you've got underneath your house, build a good foundation, a fast site, everything should work, it should be pleasant for the visitors, you should have nice content that answers people's problems, and then you layer that up with keyword targeted content and link building. And those are the three elements to get right. And it bemuses me when agencies don't take care of those elements. Many times they focus on the link building, but not on the foundation. And then they end up overspending on the link building because you need more links to get the same results as you would have done with a foundation. So I think that's where a lot of agencies go wrong is they often just take a client's budget and they're just trying to turn it into links as quick as they can because it's take from one hand and, and push into the other. Whereas when you've got taking care of foundations, that's really manual, labor-intensive, nitty-gritty stuff. You know, that's hard manual work. Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields, like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership, to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. We are live with uh, Matthew Woodward, 2020, the king, the king of <laughs> SEO. So Matt is, uh, he's a badass. I got to tell you guys, some of you guys may have followed him. Uh, I don't know. I hate to say it, like, you're definitely one of the top five guys in the world at SEO. You're from the UK. We've got to know each other really well over the last few months. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. And you've been on the podcast before, but you're from the UK. And now you live in Costa Rica. Yep. And you're very, very sick today. Yeah, I feel really rough. <laughs> you really didn't want to be on here. And, but it's uh, not coronavirus because I got tested and I got the antibodies. So at some point I had coronavirus. I never had the symptoms. And uh, yeah, I'm just run down, I think. <laughs> well, listen, I really appreciate you doing this. We'll, we'll get through it. And uh, I'm going to just go through some of your accolades here. SEO, digital marketing, blogging. You're from um, Nantwich? England. Yeah, England originally. Been doing SEO since SEO was, was a thing. You know, I, I built my first websites in Notepad before Google existed, before YouTube was a thing, before, you know, I, I was delivering newspapers to pay for a server, like late 90s. And uh, very lucky that during that time, I was kind of naturally interested in business anyway because of my father so you know I was always knocking on doors and washing cars and all of that combined with my natural interest with the web I was just lucky that we reached the point of digital convergence where all of retail and sales all started migrating online I vividly remember the headlines that if you put your credit card information into a website you're going to lose your house and you know all this crazy talk you know so as I was coming around 14 16 years of age it was becoming more accepted the web digital commerce i went and did the whole corporate thing very successful there but anyone that's in the corporate world knows how much friction there is to get anything done whereas the web is is very dynamic so those two worlds don't mix and certainly my passion did not mix in between all of that so i've been doing my own thing ever since building sites ranking sites helping clients seo agency link building uh, you started a link building. It's uh, called Links That Rank. Yes, Links That that's, Rank. That's just yeah. the summer in June, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> we started building it in 2017. 
I originally thought it would be a much simpler business to execute and originally anticipated because there's one thing having internal systems, but then taking it external to cater for lots of clients presented various challenges along the way. So it's been three years in the making, launched in June, we're getting some great results for clients and uh, very proud. We, we have an 80% reorder rate. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. It shows that the, there's a need for a service that just goes straight down the middle and does a good job. And then your main company, well, MatthewWoodward.co.uk. I mean, that's since 2009, but Search Logistics is really the SEO. But you really don't build websites now except for your own. You're just, you make them rank, right? Actually, no. I do have an internal team that builds sites. Uh, we launch a new site every six to eight weeks and, and mostly affiliate sites. And we continue that churn, you know? Oh, so, okay. So you're building your own sites, though. You're yeah. Not, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you're probably like Google just probably follows the shit out of you because you, I've seen you probably pull up 20 different types of tools. You make the speed go faster. You build the foundation. There's so many things that you focus on that I feel like most SEO companies. Here's what's funny is I was on the phone with a company and I really respect this company. I'm not going to say who it is. But the guy said, I said, the first thing you got to do is build a foundation on SEO. They do pay-per-click, they do Google My Business, and they do the LSA ads, you know, the local mm-hmm. service ads. And they, you know what he told me? He goes, yeah, SEO doesn't work. <laughs> and I said, I've made a living. I've literally made my life in lead generation and through SEO. I will say this, though. 95% most likely companies, they don't do anything. They build crappy links. They're charging... Yeah, I always see this thing on Facebook, one ninety nine for SEO. <laughs> you get what you pay for, right? Well, well, I, I know what you do, and you actually do things that are freaking remarkable. The way that you you've learned to do SEO. I mean, look at there's very few people in the world I think that understand and can do what you guys do. So you know, I'll, I'll get to the. Yeah, it, it, I want to interject there. It's like anything, right? If there's a guy that will install your AC for two hundred bucks, and there's a guy that will install it for eight hundred bucks, right? The guy that installs it for 200 bucks probably isn't going to pressurize it right. He's probably going to put a hole in the wall and he's not going to plaster around it so there's sunlight coming through, you know. And whereas the $800 dude's going to do a great job and it's going to be clean and all the cables are going to be mounted nice. And so that's kind of applies in SEO as well. And that's why I, I said you kind of get what you pay for because to do SEO right requires so many different skill sets. If it's cheap, you know it's wrong. Well, that well, cheap is one thing, but I've seen people paying ten grand a month and getting five hundred dollars <laughs> worth of stuff. Well, unfortunately, yeah, that is the case as well. And SEO is very confusing for a lot of businesses when they're going out to agencies and things. But all you really need to know is it boils down to three components: having a good foundation, just like you've got underneath your house, build a good foundation. A fast site, everything should work. It should be pleasant for the visitors. You should have nice content that answers people's problems. And then you layer that up with keyword targeted content and link building. And those are the three elements to get right. And it bemuses me when agencies don't take care of those elements. Many times they focus on the link building, but not on the foundation. And then they end up overspending on the link building because you need more links to get 
the same results as you would with a foundation. So I think that's where a lot of agencies go wrong is they often just take a client's budget and they're just trying to turn it into links as quick as they can because it's take from one hand and, and push into the other. Whereas when you've got taking care of foundations, that's really manual labor intensive, nitty gritty stuff. You know, that's hard manual work. And I think that's why uh, some people are shy of that. <laughs> well, and I don't think they've got the know-how. And, you know, when it comes to a good link, I've had you look at a lot of different types of links. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's no secret. The secret's out. I work with you and, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, the results. So you used to look at links and be like, this is not the kind of links you wanted. That, but I did get a lot of good links. I used to be an author for Inc.com, Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. I used to get all kinds. No, those are no follow now. But still, I'm getting them. You know, I'm doing a lot of stuff from charity. I'm doing a lot of stuff. So let me ask you this. How do you create a link company? I I guess I don't even understand. You don't have to give me all the secrets, but yeah, I'll give them to you. That does links, uh, links that rank. Is there just somebody that's going to, I know there's tools that go out there and you you communicate with a thousand people a day and you find out if you could pay for play, basically. Can I write an article on your website? Yep. And and uh, so is that so? How do you do that? that? What are you looking that's, for? That's essentially it. You come with an order. You tell us what keyword you want to rank for, and then we'll go out and find relevant websites that are willing to place a piece of content that links to your site. That is it in a nutshell. The theory is that a link is a vote, so you're you're essentially manipulating Google's uh, voting system, but that. That is all it boils down to is getting one website to link to you. The way we do that is is finding relevant websites that would be interested in publishing a piece of content, usually sweeten that with a bit of a publishing fee, and uh, we manage all of that. The problem is that not every site is a good link. So you've got to know, really know, do I want a link from this site? And I actually did uh, like a 50-minute webinar on how to answer that question step by step for anyone that's interested in it I'm, I'm sure tommy will link to it but that's essentially what most link building services are doing and uh, it's something that you can do in-house easily as well if you're interested in doing that the webinar will, will teach you exactly what to look for and how to avoid uh, any problems in doing so it's too much work honestly hire somebody <laughs> specialize 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 that's what i said yeah, I know people that do this, and I used to be like, man, I could have somebody doing this, but why not focus on grocers? That's what I do. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm oversimplifying it, you know, for us, yeah. it's bread and butter. Um, <laughs> but essentially, that's all, all we're doing. We're placing relevant content on, on sites that you want to link to you. You know, it's a, a couple more things I want to talk. I haven't even asked you the questions that I'm supposed to ask, but no. <laughs> I, I podcast, I can do what I want. But, you know, one day you told me you changed the word on a website and just got a ridiculously badass response. I forgot exactly the story. Oh, okay. This goes into conversion. So you might have remembered in the early 2000s, there was a lot of these get a free iPod, get a free iPod touch, get a free iPhone thing. And you basically had to refer people, 10 people to take up an offer and then you got a free iPod. But I'd mastered that. And I, I was making a lot of money at it. And one of the things that had the biggest difference on the bottom line was changing one word. So it used to say at the top in the headline, get your free iPod touch or get your free iPod. I had different sites. So it, it always started at the same headline, get your free whatever it was. 
with split testing, we changed it from get your to claim your, and we saw a 40% increase in conversion rate. So the changing that one word had more of an impact on the bottom line than just about anything else that we did. And the reason for that is get your is very passive. You're just kind of like, well, all right, where is it? When do I get it? Whereas claim your is, all right, I got to take it. I got to claim it, right? So it's more of an action-based headline. And that's why it worked. But simple things, simple tests like that, especially in key areas, in headlines or copy on buttons, is really interesting areas to test. So one of the things, too, is I told you that in the garage industry, and this is same thing for most home services, when you search, usually the first SEO term that come up is either Home Depot, Yelp, Angie's List, Thumbtack. But you said, Tommy, that's a really good thing. Yeah. Because yeah. you said that's because of their homepage domain authority. Yes. So if you got really strong, like we have a really, really strong domain authority, but we also could link to the inner pages and know yeah. that we could beat them. So you said yeah. it's a good thing. Can you explain that? Yeah. So from a link building perspective, if you now – We've touched a couple of times on tool. You've got this tool and that tool. The, the best tool for SEO is your eyeballs and your brain, right? Go and do a Google search, and Google is literally telling you what they want. When you do any search, those search results are an output of the algorithm. That is what Google wants right now. So you can use the power of observation to kind of figure out exactly what it is that Google wants. And with link building in mind, if you find like, inner pages from Amazon and Home Depot and Yelp and things, nine times out of 10, they're going to be ranking because of the authority of the site, the strength of the brand. Um, they're very high. If you're using Ahrefs, they've got a very high domain rating on a scale of zero to 100. They're usually 80 plus and very high and authoritative. Now, to build that authority takes years. It doesn't just happen. Right? It's something that's gradual and happens over time. So how can you possibly compete against someone like Yelp or Home Depot? Well, as well as ranking from the authority of the domain, you can also rank with the authority of the page. And usually what you'll find, if Home Depot are ranking, their inner page is ranking with either zero links or just one or two links. And then you'll often find other people who are of a similar stature to you ranking with maybe five or six links, and they're winning the on-page battle in terms of link building metrics. So when we see those inner pages from big brands, we want to see, are they ranking just from the authority of the site? And then are those inner pages ranking with any links? If they're not, and most of the time they're not, you've got a great opportunity. And again, in, in, in the webinar, I hope Tommy will link to it. I, I cover how to review that and make a decision on, can I win this battle? And if I can win this battle, how many links do I need to win it? You know, there's an interesting question here. It says, um, do you recommend Google Guarantee for a junk removal business with an average ticket at 275? And I want to ask you, it goes into this, that right now we've got Google Guarantee up top. Then we have two SEO, uh, two pay-per-click ads. Then we have the GMBs, which now they're adding a sponsored ad in the Google My Business pages. And yep. now, th then they'll have more, three more pay-per-click ads. And then <laughs> starting. 
And it, by, by the way, I recommend Google Guarantee for everything. It's the cheapest by far, way cheaper than PPC. So absolutely, if you're doing pay-per-click, do Google Guarantee first. But it's like they own the whole first page now. And I, it's yes. almost illegal that it almost seems like disingenuous and their whole morals were to do no evil in the world. And I just feel like maybe all those people retired when they realized that Google is not that anymore. But what are your thoughts when it comes to they own the whole freaking first page with paid? They're trying to own now the listings, the ABC. I just want to hear from your perspective. Okay, so dying or what's the deal? So what we're seeing here, obviously, is is Google's main purpose is to serve Google, and that is to make profit. And the increase of ad space and a reduction of organic results is something that's just happened over the years. Now, there's two ways to get around it. First of all, consumers are savvy, right? They know what's an ad and what's there organically, right? Let's not get confused. Organic results are very rarely organic they're usually manipulated by people like myself <laughs> so the consumer is much more savvy and likes to look at the organic results but there are keywords like you describe in terms where the organic results are so far pushed down that you're never going to attract any level of traffic and if you do it's not going to make any noticeable difference so in these cases, what we like to do is we like to attract customers earlier in the buying cycle. So instead of trying to, to rank for air conditioning repair, yeah. we try and rank for how to fix my air conditioner. And creating that problem-solving content is great because it's usually easy to rank. It doesn't have the competition with all these crazy PPC results and local listings and all that other crazy stuff. It allows you to establish your expertise as a business because you're demonstrating, number one, we understand what your problem is, and number two, we know how to fix it, and we're so confident in how to fix it, we can teach other people how to fix it, right? And that kind of content just creates almost a student-teacher relationship psychologically which just converts, you know, most people are going to look at that tutorial and think, oh, well, um, I don't want to do that, but these guys know what they're doing. So I'm going to call them. Right. So I often find businesses, especially in, in home service, struggle with creating content or writing text based content. Usually if you're in home service, you're good with these. Right. So, again, creating that problem based content is great because it lends itself to video. If you're out on a job and you see a common problem, it doesn't take more than two or three minutes to have someone hold a phone and record you talking through, okay, if you've got this problem, this is what it looks like, this is how you fix it. And uh, just a short video like that, that kind of content you can then repurpose into text and image-based content. So that is how to combat these crazy search results are just filled with ads, you know, they're essentially trying to, you know, excuse my French, fuck on the first date. Whereas if you create this problem-based solving content, it really creates relationships with people and makes it so much easier to engage people, not just in Google, but if you do anything on YouTube, if you're publishing videos on Facebook or whatever the social media medium you're using, it allows for a much more comprehensive strategy while circumventing the issues of PPC. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I've noticed that there's some terms that people that doesn't even pull up the three pack. It doesn't pull up a lot yep. of paper click either. So 
Yeah, yeah most yeah, terms yeah. that start with how or can or when or should, those kinds of terms uh, very rarely have any kind of search competition because it requires that someone makes some content that's engaging rather than just sending them to a landing page that's looking to convert someone as quick as possible. I noticed too, there's a little, they'll come up with like six common questions with a drop down now. Yep. What is that all about? Well, I like to use those to plan out content, whatever it is, whether it's written or video, Google are literally saying these are the questions people are asking. So you want to make sure you're answering those in your content. Really, the best source in the business to find problem-based content is with your sales staff or the people that are doing the, the actual hands-on manual labor, the installs. Those guys know the most common questions. They're out there every day on the front line answering those questions. So you can survey those guys and also use that people also ask for guidance on creating the best kind of content to help you in all of your strategy, not just SEO. You know, right now, tell me a little bit about what you've been up to and what's going on. And I know I want to hear what COVID's done <laughs> and your, your whole philosophy, because I think a lot of people, they lowered their budgets and they really wussied out uh, on SEO. That's last thing you cut when a bad thing happens is your marketing. <laughs> yeah. And, and what actually happened is the first thing to go. Um, look, COVID was tough on many businesses. Let's not deny it, right? And there's some businesses that haven't recovered and don't have a path to recovery at the moment. But a lot of the businesses that have an online element, in my opinion, made a mistake when they cut back on their marketing spend. Originally, when this hit and it first started breaking end of Feb, March time, everyone reacted with fear, right? We all did. And how businesses reacted was they cut back marketing spend in fear that, people would cut back their actual spend, which isn't what happened in general. From an agency, an SEO agency level, we saw many clients cut back on spend and go on pause. On the flip side, we saw some double down. Now, in fact, I published a case study about two weeks ago showing how a e-commerce site in the sports niche tripled their e-commerce revenue in the sports niche during COVID. And these are one of the businesses that doubled down. Now, why doubling down on SEO in particular was smart is if you're competing in the search results, you have to match or outpace their link building spend or budget or, or pace, right? So for every dollar your competitor spends, you've got to spend a dollar ten. That's a very simple way of looking at it. Let me be clear, right? But it's like that, you know? So when businesses cut back their spend entirely and you double down now, every time you spend $2, you're getting $2 of benefit. Whereas before, you were only seeing negligible benefits because your competitors are trying to outspend you. So those that doubled down saw significant benefit. On top of that, COVID changed the buying and working behavior of so many people around the globe that we saw a big shift in spending to online. So that meant those that doubled down on SEO were now in the right positions and rankings to take advantage of the people coming flooding into those online sales. Whereas a lot of businesses had, when they were looking at marketing spend, there's PPC spend, which brings generally near instant results, right? SEO is more of a long-term play. So SEO got the initial cut heavier than anything else. But those that stayed solid and doubled down saw the opportunity and, and benefited greatly, in my opinion. 
you know, that there's so many non-believers in SEO that, especially in the home service space, and this is the home service expert podcast. I literally think the foundation, there's nothing better ROI that I could think of other than referrals. Mm-hmm. And you know, those really are just asking customers to give you referrals, but I just think it's a mistake. And, and, you know, the weird thing is the people that are listening to this podcast, there's a lot of people now, 25,000 downloads a month. I want that to be a hundred thousand, maybe with your help, but, <laughs> but they're listening because they want to better their business. And you know what? They're probably investing in SEO now that they've been listening to this long enough. But what do you say to someone? You know, what's funny is when you told me how to kind of, there's a lot of checkers out there. I've used probably a hundred different ones, but you said go to that refs one. I can't find anybody that's even a fourth of what we are in any industry in the home service spot. And I'm talking about some of them are $500 million. That's what's crazy to me. And it's just, is like, it's going to be easy because they don't, they don't realize they spend all this money on TV, radio billboards. And I've always talked about that. They spend a fortune on certain things, but they don't, they never concentrate. And maybe they got the wrong agency. Maybe they got the wrong person doing it. Maybe they're spending more money, just not getting the right results. And it's, it's the long game though. That's the one thing. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. No, no. And you saw that success. You had a reasonable foundation in place, but you were making a lot of errors as well. And I tend to find that a lot of home service businesses haven't put the foundation work into their site. And their site isn't always representative of the quality of service they provide. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. And a lot of the reason why people fail to to see traction with SEO because you've got to have that foundation right. You've got to have a foundation that humans love, that serves your customers, allows them to learn about you, discover who you are, and build that relationship with you. But you've also got to have it right from a Google perspective. And the most common issue that we see, now anyone listening, right, you can go on webpagetest.org right now, put your homepage in, let it run. After maybe a minute or so, it's going to give you results. If on the right-hand side, your fully loaded time is more than five seconds, you are leaving money on the table every single day because the knockoff that creates in conversion, most people aren't even going to stay around for five seconds and wait for your site to load. But those that do, the conversion rate is abysmal. And that's one of the things when I say like many home service business owners haven't got those foundations right even though it would only take a couple of hours, a bit of elbow grease and next to zero investment to go and fix that. So I think, you know, fundamental issues like that are why, why many businesses fail to get traction. And a lot of agencies just don't pay attention to that kind of thing. Just like there's not many agencies going down the middle and just doing a good job. There's not many home service-based businesses going down the middle and doing a good job of their site either. And I'll tell you this, the ROI in SEO once it starts to hit is the best ROI, but people are afraid to spend $2,500 a month. I think that's your base starting point. And I'm like, that's our entry point. Yeah. That's a freaking fart in the wind. I'm sorry, but that's not a lot of money. You look at an air conditioning company on one unit, they make three times that literally profit. I mean, that's not all profit. If they're making 20% of a $13,000 unit and making 26 or 2,600 bucks. But you know, I just really, think $2,500 and I'm a little bit, you know, I'm I'm spoiled now because when I started the business, $2,500 would have broke me, but 
we're talking 2007 here. So, but I think it's a, a shame that people look at that and they go, but they're very testy. I want to tell you that the people with SEO want overnight results. I look at websites. How many websites do you think I've sent you? And I'm like, is this company worth even buying? Yep. And I look at their uh -huh. website. And the website that had never been touched. And I'm like, this isn't even an asset. Like, what would be nice? <laughs> 15 calls a day from your website. Those are free leads. Now yeah. you got a reason for me to buy you. Now you've got an asset that I want to buy. I want your website because it gets me 15 leads. I want those 500 reviews. I, I talked to a lot of private equity companies. And they're like, the one thing we look at is the Google rating when we're looking at a home service company. <laughs> How many reviews, average reviews? How many free phone calls? All these things matter. Yeah, I want to yeah. shift a little bit here because COVID-19, they did a massive update on Google's core algorithm. Yeah. And you're very familiar with all the updates and you watch rankings and you have all your own test sites. You've got a million things. What I love is I'm a garage door guy that can fix garage doors. Now, mm -hmm. my, my, my managers can't, but I can. <laughs> I know what the hell I'm talking about. You know what? Yeah. A lot of advertising agencies that they'll sell you anything they want. TV, radio, billboards, Google, they'll do uh, the, the, you know, banner ads. They'll do all this crap, the Facebook. They're not any good at any of them. So I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're a technician to an entrepreneur like me. So you understand this stuff. And that's what I love yeah. so much. And that's why it's an honor to have you on the podcast. So let me ask you, there are updates. Sometimes they go down, but you told me under your guidance, most of the time, your sites go off because you do things the right way. What are your thoughts about when Google, I've seen people literally lose their business. What did they okay, so, Penny? They took JC Penny off when like this was like, yeah, years. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were doing bad things, right? They were. So we touched on it on a few points there. Now, a lot of businesses are hesitant to spend on SEO because it is a long-term game, but also many have been burnt before, right? So it's hesitant to commit that kind of budget when you've been burnt. Also, many SEO agencies are going to lock you into a 12-month contract. So that means whether you're happy or not, you're screwed. And I swear to God, right, that is the business model of most SEO agencies, to lock you into a 12-month contract, and that's it. Like, whether you're happy or not, it's irrelevant. Where SEO has its benefit over PPC, if it's done right, most clients leave us between month 9 and 14. And the reason they do that is they don't need us anymore. Because once you've got the foundation right, once you're creating content and you're building links, eventually we make ourselves irrelevant because you've built that foundation, you've built that authority, and you're there for the long term. We build ourselves to irrelevance, right? So for me, that's a major warning sign if, if, you, if you're considering any SEO agency. If they're locking you into a 12-month contract, it's an issue. We have a minimum four-month contract. Why? Because in the first three months, we take care of all of that foundation stuff. It's manual, labor-intensive stuff, right? And after those three months, we've then got a month for Google to digest everything and start showing that traction. Honestly, if after four months, you're not seeing positive traction from your SEO agency or freelancer or whoever it is, it's time to go, right? So that's why our contract's four months. If we don't perform we get chopped. So we have no option but to deliver. In terms of Google updates, look, nobody is invincible. No one knows what Google's going to do. 
But what we have seen in general over the years is Google now wants to see more accountability. They want to know that the sites that they are ranking are real businesses, real people. It's all very uh, much about trust, right? For Google wants a searcher to find solutions to their problems, not scams. They don't want them to find areas places to get ripped off or misguided or misled or missold, right? So trust is a, is a much bigger part of the algorithm now than it was five years ago. You see a lot less kind of anonymous spammy sites or affiliate sites and things ranking now. A very popular in a local SEO was rank and rent strategy. You'd build a site to the top and then rent out the spots to, to services and stuff. You see a lot less of those sites in the search results right now. Most people that get hit by Google updates, though, they've been driving with the check engine light on for a while. You know what I mean? Like check engine light's been on for six months and then the car breaks down and you're surprised about it, right? One of the check engine lights to look for right now, we already touched on site speed, webpagetest.org. Put your homepage in. If after the, it loads a fully loaded time at the end is more than 20 seconds, your check engine light is on. If it's more than five seconds, your check engine light is on. You need to pay attention to that. Why? Uh, site speed is already a ranking factor for Google. We know that. It's also a ranking factor for customers. It has a direct impact on your bottom line, on conversion, on average order value. But most importantly, Google quite kindly let us know that in May, there's going to be another update based on site speed and a new set of metrics called Core Web Vitals. Now, any of the more savvy listeners will have Google Search Console set up for their site. If you have, log into Google Search Console. On the left side, you'll see the Core Web Vitals report. If your URLs are ranking as rated as poor, especially on mobile, your check engine light is smoking, right? So most of the time, sites get penalized because they've got lazy, because they've taken shortcuts. And that's because once you're enjoying the benefits of growing search traffic, it's easy to become ignorant of that check engine light, right? So it is very important that you, you pay attention to SEO and you make sure that whoever's doing it and the agency that's doing it are taking care of those basic fundamental things. And, and site speed is one of the biggest issues we see. I don't think I've ever seen a site that didn't have that issue when it came to us. So that, yeah, that's, you, that's uh, an easy check. Well, me, we shit the bed pretty bad. and It was hard. It took a while <laughs> to speed it yeah. up. But hey, it's, it's getting there. What are some of the ways entrepreneurs can get their online business back on track? I mean, without spending a bunch of money in it, and you gave us a guide, the Quick Win SEO Guide, and we're going to put yep. a link to it. But what do you teach us in the, the Quick Win SEO Guide? What is that domain, by the way? Okay, look, there's two ways that you can get back on track. If you have zero budget, you can use what I call a Quick Win SEO process. It's the process we teach to our new junior SEOs and we like it because anyone can pick it up and learn it. Anyone can integrate it. It costs absolutely nothing and you tend to see results within a few weeks of integrating it. So we like to give it to our junior SEOs because it allows them to own a win early on, which is great for morale and bringing them into the team. But also for small business owners, you can just pick this up run through it, apply it in an afternoon, and it costs nothing. You will see benefits from that. If you've got a bit more budget, I have a course called 90dayseo.com here, uh, 90dayseo.com. And that's something that anyone can pick up again, regardless of experience and run through. So depending where you are as a, in the business, 
I wouldn't ever recommend you as a business owner doing that unless you're really bootstrapping things and you're running hardcore. But you can pull any young junior, anyone fresh out of college, any student, there's so many people out of work right now that you could just enroll them to the course, have them drive your SEO for you step-by-step step, and that would take care of everything foundation content links step-by-step step. so they're the two things if you're struggling with budget right now if you've got nothing and you've got nothing but elbow grease hit the quick win seo process that will see you right otherwise signing up to the course and, and having a junior run through it will get you on track with your seo you know i think a lot of people are probably thinking what does twenty five hundred dollars do and I want to take a stab at this one real quick, and then you could elaborate. But yeah. without knowing the industry, the com- the competition, I like to look at pay per click and understand that if people are bidding a hundred dollars per keyword for the top searches, it's probably going to be a little bit more competitive in that market. But yeah. also, I don't think you say I'm going to get you twenty five leads a day with twenty five hundred dollars within four months. Now you will say I will improve things, but you're not Nostradamus over here, so. What is your answer to that if they say, look, I'm in a pretty competitive market, for example, we've got a junk hauler. Mm-hmm. You know, he's asking himself, look, $2,500 at four months, you say that's ten grand. What does that look like? And I, it depends on the market, too, and I understand that. But what is your answer when people ask? I'm sure they ask you all the time. Well, yeah. if you're the starting point, and you might tell you're going to need $3,400. I, I mean, you, you definitely tell them what you think is going to move the needle, right? Yeah, of course. Now, it's near on impossible to give hard numbers there's no one on the planet that can do that and if you're engaged with an seo agency or thinking about engaging with an seo agency that makes specific promises and makes we're going to be here with your search traffic and things like that they can't make those promises there's not a person on this planet that can ethically or morally make those promises they're outright lies but what you can do is you can gauge what the competition are doing, where they are right now, how much traffic they're getting, and estimate a conversion rate, and then see where you are in comparison to them and design a strategy that bridges that gap that either brings you in line with them or exceeding them. And from there, you can make some rough estimations about anticipated amounts of traffic and leads. But that's all they are. They're anticipations at best. Um, you, you can't get into specific guarantees and promises with SEO because there isn't. All you can do is follow all of the best principles, make sure that you're giving Google everything it wants and you're exceeding the competition. And that is just about monthly budget. Obviously, the higher the monthly budget allows you to get more done in any one month, right? Now, different niches have different levels of competitiveness and also different levels of value per lead, right? So that also affects the competitiveness of the search result and then also the budget required to compete. So all of these things are very much dependent on niche and where you are in your journey and where your competitors are in their journey. So what we're noticing now is a lot of people are spending more time online with COVID. They're not leaving their houses as much. Yeah. Tell me what... Are the buying decisions changing now? Will, will it be permanent? What have you seen with that? Well, before COVID, we were moving more towards an online world, right? When's the last time anyone picked up a, a physical copy of the Yellow Pages to find 
help, right? Especially if you're under 50. Do they even still deliver those things? I don't know. They um, do. In they do. In Albuquerque. <laughs> right. <laughs> so before COVID, we've always seen this transition into the digital world. And more and more, we're seeing uh, devices becoming easier to access, right? The latest developments in smartphones and tablets and everything in the last few years. And also voice search is having an impact. So before COVID, we were already going in a very specific direction. No one's watching TV ads. They're looking at their phone, right? No one's looking at billboards when they're driving. They're looking at their phone, right? Like, <laughs> so all of this for, for me is we're seeing a transition that was now accelerated by COVID. Before, there were people specifically in older generations that might have relied on making in-person appointments or phone calls and, and things like that, that now through various other means, whether it be medical requirements, making a point or other areas of their life have been trained to use online means. It's unlikely those people are going to go back. It's once you pop that cherry, right? Like when, once you know how easy it is to do things online, you don't go back. So COVID has very much been gasoline on the fire in that change in not just buying behavior, but also working culture. It's completely changed. Yeah. I don't see that we're going to go back. Certainly, if businesses have been working with their workforce remotely and seen the benefits of the savings and everything else, we're just not going to go back. So in the new normal, whatever that is, is rooted in online. You know what? It's something interesting. I hope I listen to this in like 10 years. But um, <laughs> interestingly enough, I was on the phone with one of my consultants that helps me a lot with investments, trusts. We're working yeah. on a Delaware corporation, shell company for our intellectual property, all kinds of stuff, new tax regulation laws. We did a cost segregation study on three of my buildings. I love learning. Anyway, mm -hmm. we were talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. and it's running because guess who's now accepting it? Who? To PayPal? Called PayPal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so when we're talking about these changes, the writing was on the wall for me to get invested in Zoom when COVID yeah. happened. You knew the number one face-to-face -face broadcast software was going to go through the roof. I was watching Kramer the other day, and he he number one pick was Zoom. And I'm like, yeah. I knew it. So I'm sitting here going, they're coming up with ATM machines for crypto, specifically Bitcoin. They're coming yeah. out. Yeah, I, I've got a photo of a Bitcoin ATM in a London Underground station from like 2016. See, you know, so but, but this is funny because I'm telling you, some people are like, crypto, it's crazy. That's never going to happen. And I'm like, if I want to come visit you in Costa Rica and I want to bring 100 grand, I'm not carrying cash. I'm just using my crypto. I mean, yeah. it's rich. And guess what? It comes out like cash and it's untraceable and it's secure. Mm -hmm. Still, you know, we're talking about technology and everything that's happening right now. And I've got a few different wallets for it. And I've got a lot of money put yep. into it, but not not anything that if it went away, it would hurt necessarily. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's kind of fun to watch because it's at 18,000. It ran from 12. Yep. I, I love watching it and I think it's going to continue to run. But do not take investing advice from me. Nobody. Both Tesla and Etsy have been very kind to me this year. I miss Zoom. I also failed to make the observation that you made 
but Etsy, I, I got in front of that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's a Warren Buffett model of you don't need a lot of stock. You need to understand the stock. You need to understand the leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And as long yeah. as you understand it, and I understand one thing, I couldn't tell you how to write the algorithm for, for crypto. Of course mm -hmm. not. But I do understand the theory behind it. I understand that it's untraceable. I understand that people are transferring money through it. And I don't think it's going to go away. And they're saying big governments. Well, right now there's something going on. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about crypto is the banks, they're starting to invest in these. And when you get the investments that are starting to happen, you're going to see runs. It's called institutional buying. Yeah, I, I think that high-ranking government officials and, and such have all the motivation they need for high-value anonymous transactions. <laughs> now you're thinking. You know, like, you want all your backdoor payments and your dodgy backdoor deals and everything that you're all up to? Well, welcome to Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, too. I was talking to him and my CPA the other day, that a couple of guys I was on the phone with, and in January, I'm headed out to Puerto Rico, and oh, nice. I might locate there for half the year. Nice. For, for the next five, six years. And the thing is, is the dollar goes a long way. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad place to live. Yep. There's more Walmarts per capita than anywhere in the U.S. <laughs> and I pay zero taxes when I live there. <laughs> zero taxes. As long as I set it up correctly. It's the best tax move you could ever make. So I just want to go visit, see what I think of it. You're in Costa Rica. And the reason why you told me you were in Costa Rica is you said you wake up in England and no one smiles. No one, <laughs> no one likes people. Just yeah, pe people here are nice. It's a really weird concept, but people are just nice. They're happy. They're, Simple they're things like you go buy the groceries when you're checking out. Hey, how you doing? La, 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 and just that simple human conversation you go do that in england people look at you like what why are you talking to me go away I'm like, it's so like, you know, I don't know it's just a very open and friendly people here i haven't found it anywhere else in the world so um, didn't you guys just have a big hurricane you said two two yeah yeah we, we didn't get hit very hard yeah eater and ETA got us harder, and we had IOTA this week, which was a little tickle in comparison. So a lot of people go, it's so funny because you see the guys that are super digitally advanced like yourself. And I, I remember going to a convention with Matt Diggity in Thailand mm -hmm. uh, two years ago, really. Uh, yeah. But it's just interesting. I think you guys know each other pretty well, probably. Yeah, Diggity's great, yeah. Uh, it's just funny, and all these guys know each other, and it's just a small world, but you know, you, you told us you three times your e-commerce revenue in the sports niche. Mm -hmm. So you just you just focused on high-end link building? Is that it? Uh, no, in that particular case study, and we published the case study, I'm sure you'll link to it. In fact, if you hit matthewwoodward.co.uk homepage, you can find it probably listed on the homepage right now. But that was mostly achieved by, first of all, getting the fundamentals right, getting site speed right, making sure everything's working. The basics, the, the, well, we consider it basics, but so many people skip over the basics in pursuit of link building. But that was mostly just by getting the three fundamentals right, getting the foundation built that humans love and Google loves then building that problem-solving content that attracts leads and converts them, and then on top of that, the link building. That is how we uh, approach just about everything that we do. And 
in that case, that, that's what we did. There's so many questions I haven't got to yet, so I'm just going to go through. And I have my <laughs> so we do a good job of putting this together. I got to say, Gianni and Anna, they work hard to make this super successful. So you said there are three things. The foundation, which nobody really does. Link building, yep, which we've talked a lot about. But I'm telling you, I'm such a big fan of content. In fact, I have way too much content of the same. <laughs> so we shrunk down the site to let the, the homepage get more link juice. But I, I also want to build, tell me that this is a good idea, and I thought it was a good idea, but the manufacturing sites, their distribution, they don't really focus on SEO because, like, I don't, th I don't think that Sony necessarily, they sell through Best Buy and other places, so they mm -hmm. don't need to rank as much because they're not going to the end user. Maybe they will soon, but as far as SEO goes, so the main distribution of garage doors, they don't do a lot of SEO, so I think I can outrank if someone searches for a Classica Amar garage door. Mm -hmm. We can rank number one, but we could also, when any other garage door company leaves a quote for that, and we rank when the customer goes to look at the images, and we have something that's clever, so there's the blue section and then there's the subsection. I forget, the hyper, what is that called? Hypertext or, you know, when you do a search into the title of it, Oh, yeah, just a title link. A title tag or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we put something really good there and we rank, there's a lot of content. I'm just saying, is there really ever a time that you're like, we're, we're out of content? We can't write any more content. Eventually, you will run out of topics to cover. Even in SEO, which is an ever-changing niche, I've run out of topics to cover on my own SEO blog. So now I'm just tearing people's sites apart, doing audits and, and putting together strategy so people can kind of learn over my shoulder the implementation but in general i find home service sites are weak on 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 content you're not you, you have the opposite problem but you recognize the value in creating content and you do it very well at scale for most small businesses we touched on it earlier that really the easiest way to create content is just record a video of you solving customers problems and then have someone turn that into a text and image-based tutorial. You can use a video across YouTube, Facebook, and in so many different areas. And that circumvents all of these problems when you're trying to rank for head terms like air conditioning repair, right? Whereas if you rank for how to repair an air conditioner, you don't have all of the, this crazy competition. So content, you know, is the digital salesman. If you ever walked into an Apple store, that annoying person that greets you and <laughs> connects your problems to a solution, that is the content, right, in your digital website. And uh, many home services sites are, are lacking that, connecting people's problems to the service. You know, I used to, and it still works, but the tool doesn't, you got to have the tool still, and there's a Fiverr gig. But I used to take videos, and there was video syndication tools. One of them was called traffic geyser oh yeah yeah uh -huh. <laughs> and i used to rank this video for every search term you mm -hmm. go down to youtube and you scroll and it's all the same and yep. it still works and it's yep. syndicating it goes on vimeo and like 10 other sites and yep. the, the thing is they all point back to youtube so they're yep. building links through video syndication tools and i think video when we've talked a lot about youtube as well because youtube they're called the faqs give your customers 10 faqs with videos make sure the keywords are right, the tagging's right, the title's right. Make sure you do some searches on the, the right title to use. 
and that well, what people are really searching. And it's amazing how much traffic you get from YouTube to your yeah. website. Yeah. And what are people searching for? Go ask your sales staff, go ask the installers. They know. Or you could go on Google. Um... Yeah, you can do research with Google keyword research, but that only tells you a search volume. You want to know from the customer point of view, what the problem is, what the pain point is, what the stresses are, what the real specifics are that you need to cover when that you wouldn't learn just looking at keyword research. And anyone listening right now, if you haven't got a content strategy, you can literally create one in five minutes. Just send an email to your sales staff and your installers asking them what are the most common questions and problems you see. And those replies are your content strategy for social and for SEO. You know, in 2008, 2009, my old partner said, dude, I said, do you know how many questions I get a day? <laughs> I wish I knew how to do my own springs, but I went online and it just looked dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, after the 25th time, I said, I think I should start an e-commerce garage or spring website. And everybody <laughs> thought I was crazy. And, you know, <laughs> you're doing some work on that for me. But, I mean, there was a time where I was paying myself six figures. I've kind of not had time to focus on that. But six figures, and it was a set it and forget it type thing because I was fulfilling a need. Well, I think we'll get back up there by a few months from now. Mm -hmm. I think I'll get back to that. But it's crazy because... The smartest thing you could do is be the industry leader. The reason you're, you told us your strategy earlier and then you're doing it to us is going, hey, I'm the teacher. Come get taught. And then maybe because I'm the That's master. It. And you it's a demonstration of expertise, Yep. which is the ultimate sales tool because you, there's people that can talk and there's people that can show. And when you're creating videos and you're demonstrating expertise, you're showing. You're not talking. And people listen to actions, especially in, in this world <laughs> right now, you know, actions speak louder than words more than you ever have done in all of human history right now. And like you say, you are answering the same question 25 times. Once you've created a video, you can answer the same question a thousand times and it's just it, done it, automatically. So there's a thing called the home link on your car. It's got a little house and it's, it, it's hard to program. And I got sick of it. So I made a video about it. My technician called me up. He's like, Dude, let me tell you something crazy. Mm -hmm. He's like, I was having problems programming the home link. So I looked it up on YouTube and there you were freaking eight years ago programming it. And it's got 700,000 views. And I'm like, and 700,000 it is, you know, some people might say that's good. Some people not. I mean, I've got videos with 2 million that's views. Great. But, yeah. but I'm like, it's just funny to me that, cause I've realized that a long time ago. And this is when, I made these videos way before camera phones. This is mm -hmm. when I had a little card in the camera. <laughs> yeah, like little handheld, like oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, weighed three like, kilos. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm going to ask you a couple last questions here. And I know you don't feel good. So once again, I thank you so much for doing this. We'll probably end up building some type of other page that maybe you could help these guys out. We could post it on the page of something extra for our listeners, but do you have any tips in creating an effective marketing strategy on a limited budget? Yeah. Now, all of everything I do in marketing is rooted in helping people. The content strategy that we've talked about is rooted in identifying people's problems and helping them solve that. If you have a limited budget, there's no better way to go and start building business by helping people. And even if you don't make much money on, on it initially, the referrals will come and it will build from there. 
and I'm a big believer in good karma coming back round. Helping people can just mean that depending what service you're in, you just go knock on doors and offer some kind of free inspection, or it can mean creating a video like we've spoken when there's common problems that you hear in your niche, those common complaints in whatever your service is, you know? So if you're on that limited budget, just think about how can I use the tools I have right now to help people solve the problems? And over time, the money will just come. And that's how you find a niche. If you find a problem, like my buddy, oh man, you, you're going to help him out soon too. But he's building a separate websites. They suck. And I'm like, <laughs> he found a problem though. And, and it's a good one. He found out that pools, when they leak, he created special tools to find the leaks and yep. save people a ton of money on their water bill. I, I know a buddy that paid for his t pool to be like the water, like three times he went through it and it, it still leaked. And in the end, they had to rip the whole thing out and rebuild it from scratch. It's so, interesting. Yeah. It's great stuff. It's so fun to learn this stuff. This has been yeah. one of the podcasts that I think I will, I will refer to everybody because it's so educational. I think there's so many things. We talk a lot about strategy and marketing and booking phone calls, but this is like your website's your calling card. Everybody goes from anything and they say, let's look at the website. Let's see what these guys are all about. Let's see what their story is. Let's see if there's reviews online. So, you know, we're, we're going to be given a, a bonus downloadable summary of the key takeaways. You go to homeserviceexpert.com forward slash podcast forward slash Matthew dash Woodward dash 2020. What I'm going to probably do is have Gianni go to homeserviceexpert.com forward slash Matthew, and that'll be it, because I think that'd be a lot easier to make a quicker yeah. one. But anyways, I always want to do a couple of things. First of all, if someone wants to get a hold of you, how do they reach out, first of all? The best way is through my blog, matthewwoodward.co.uk. On there, you can find the, the contact page, and you can grab me through there the easiest way. Okay, and secondly, what are some good books maybe that, that we need to be reading? It could be, you, you seem like you're pretty philosophical. I don't know why I think that, but you're, you live in Costa Rica, so. <laughs> is there anything good that you recommend? It could be just a good reader, something good for the soul, or maybe something that'll get us smart overnight. What, what is a good, good couple of books that you recommend? Yeah, I'm, I'm not philosophical, but I am pragmatic. You know, I like, I like dogs and algorithms, so. <laughs> In terms of a good read, it's a classic, and it's one that I've, the only book I've ever read more than once, and that is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and it's something I first read early teens, maybe when I was like 12 or something, and I've read it several times since, and each time I take something new from it, and it's also a point of reflection where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing that now, that happened, right? So each time it's something that I, I get something from it's. It's a kind of a cliche recommendation. No, um, it's a great book. It's offered me so much value that I don't care. It's cliche. <laughs> Good book. I just read it probably not less than a year ago, and it was talking about men's sex appetite. And it's funny in the book they mentioned this, <laughs> saying that it starts to go away in your forties. Not not go away completely, but that's when you start to make money because you're so distracted. In your twenties and you know thirties, yeah, um, yeah, 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 and it, it teaches you a very positive mind and everything that you think about, you everything that you can conceive in your mind, you can achieve, right? 
and really removing the limits and teaching you that whatever you want to achieve in life is a decision. Like, I'm going to do that. Whatever it is, like, I'm going to build a $10 million business. It's just a decision. And that book is very empowering in, in that respect. I wanted to show you, I got a couple of these made. So it's kind of like an affirmation thing, but um, uh-huh. I have fun with it. It's just to see it every day. And really yeah, good it helps, quality. right? Uh-huh. It does help. It, it helps to read it and believe it and know it. And the yeah. last thing I'll do is this is fun. We might have not covered something. Maybe there's something we left out. Maybe there's just a message you want to tell everybody. But I asked a lot of questions. I kind of just asked everything I wanted. I'll give you a few minutes to kind of have one last final thought and close this out. Okay. We touched on it earlier, actually, and might have even closed the last podcast review with this. But the power of observation, highly underutilized in SEO highly underutilized in general life. You can learn so much just by shutting your mouth and sitting back and observing. Once you've made the decision where you want to be in life, whatever you want to achieve, find those people that have achieved it and observe them. Don't listen to the idiots that have sold their dreams away for $15 an hour. Like, Observe the people that have seen success. Observe the people that have been down the roads that you intend to travel down. Learn from their mistakes, right? There's no better way to learn than making mistakes, right? But if you can also learn from other people's mistakes, that means you don't have to take the, the same hard path. And all of that for me is just sitting back, power of observation and watching, you know. A lot of what I've learned about sales and marketing is just sit in a restaurant and just look around. Like, just, just watch people. Why did they sit there? Why did they go there? Like, um, just observe, and and you can learn so much from that. Uh, I think it's very undervalued, and uh, for sure, when I walk down the street, I see a completely different world than when anyone else walks down the street, just because I'm so attuned to observation. And uh, I think that'll be uh, my closing thought: the power of observation, underutilized in general life, in business, and really underutilized in SEO. Well. Matt, I appreciate you very much. I really think there's so many people that do SEO and, and you're you're by far. I mean, I first was into your blog and I get the updates all the time and then I got to meet you and I'm <laughs> fortunate that we crossed paths because I think you're yeah, gonna help be my goals. So uh yeah. appreciate you coming on. This has been super valuable and I'll probably be talking to you sometime next week. Thank you for everything you do, brother. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me on and thanks to everyone listening. Again, you need any help reach out and ask me a question. I'm here to help. The The stupid questions are the ones you don't ask, right? So thank you and very much. feel better. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And just I feel, feel a bit better now we got into it, you know? So. <laughs> thank you. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, hopefully you feel better tonight. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, hey guys, I just wanted to thank you real quick for listening to the podcast. From the bottom of my heart, it means a lot to me. And I hope you're getting as much as I am out of this podcast. Our goal is to enrich your lives and enrich your businesses and your internal customers, which is your staff. And if you get a chance, please, please, please subscribe. You're going to find out all the new podcasts. You're going to be able to ask me questions to ask the next guest coming on. And and do me a quick favor. Leave a quick review. It really helps us out when you like the podcast and you leave a review. Make it four or five sentences. Tell us how we're doing. And I just wanted to mention real quick, we started a membership. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. You get a ton of inside look at what we're going to do to become a billion dollar company. And uh, 
we're just we're, we're, we're telling everybody our secrets basically and people say why do you give your secrets away all the time and I'm like you know the hardest part about giving away my secrets is actually trying to get people to do them so we also create a lot of accountability within this program so check it out it's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club it's cheap it's a monthly payment I'm not making any money on it to be completely frank with you guys, but I think it will enrich your lives even further. So thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it.